That's powerful in and of itself, is it not? To see that. And today, when we see those numbers, it's just unbelievable to see. But today, we get to hear the story of one of those. This is Satish Kumar. Would you give him an EVC welcome this morning? Well, as I got to greet Satish at 7 a.m. this morning, realized that he had only been in the United States for about 35 days. And before he met me, his first person to meet off the plane was Pat Howell. Need I say more in the room today? Pat and Pam picked him up last night, and we get to hear the incredible joy of hearing the story of one of those children. And so we are excited to hear this today, and I'll be following this up as an opportunity to interview uh, Satish and another young lady that I'm going to interview this morning as part of our service. So Satish, Satish, tell us your story this morning. Good morning. morning. I'm very happy that I'm here today, and thank you all so much for welcoming me. My favorite part of the day was going to work with my dad. I sold vegetables when I was four years old. My dad had a vegetable cart. He put all the vegetables on top of it, and he used to go pushing the cart around the city selling vegetables. So when I was four, I just loved being with him. I traveled with him selling vegetables on the street. Whenever my dad stopped the cart, I knew that I had to get down from the cart and run around knocking people's doors. I would, I would go to each house on the street and say, knock at their house and Auntie reluctant to come and I said, Auntie, would you like to buy some carrots? Would you like to buy some potatoes? They are fresh, just from the market. Would you just come over and buy my dad's vegetables? Some people were just rude and they would say, Hey, come, come back next week. And a few would say, Son, we already bought vegetables. Why don't you come back tomorrow? And few would come over and buy some vegetables. That was just part of my day. I loved doing that because my dad used to buy me chocolates. We used to have lunch every single day outside. That's all I wanted. I didn't like school because I seen my friends carrying books, doing their homeworks, getting punished for not studying. I thought, woo, I shouldn't be at school. That's not the place for children. I love being with my dad, (laughs) selling vegetables, eating the fresh vegetables from the cart. The day was just superb for me. I didn't know what School meant for me. I didn't know anything about it. But I loved my dad because he was so loving, so caring. He always bought me chocolates for my work that I did with him. It was just like a bribe. So it was fun. But my dad changed every night. He completely changed every single day. He used to take me to the bar every night after the sales. He used to make me sit outside this bar. He would say, Satish, sit down here. I would just come back. I used to sit at the bar at the door waiting for him. He used to go inside, drink with all the money that he earned. He used to spend everything that he had on only drinking. I used to wait for him sometimes one hour on the doors, sometimes two, and sometimes three hours, just at the door waiting for him. I used to see these scary people just coming out of the bar with their eyes fully red, somewhere rude, Some just tapped me on my head. I was just waiting for my dad. And once he was out, 
he was completely different. I was scared of him. All the day long, I was just happy with him, just being able to share a meal with him. But during the night, he was just terrible. His eyes were red. He spoke to me so rude. He didn't even bother to actually smile at me when he was out. We used to go to house after that. He used to hit my mom with whatever he got. He used to abuse her with wooden sticks, rods. Sometimes she used to bleed. I have one older brother and two older sisters. I'm the youngest. And to see my mom getting abused, we, do, we couldn't really help my mom because we were so young, below 14 years. We couldn't really stop our dad. Every single day we've seen a mom cry, a mom bleed. I come from a very strong Hindu background where we believe in 330 million gods. So every single day we had a god to pray to. We prayed, God, do something for us. We can't see a mother cry like this. Every day we slept, just hoping that the next day would be better for us. Dad was the only breadwinner. He couldn't contribute anything much. He spent all of it only on drinking. We struggled. We didn't have a meal to eat. If we were lucky, we had one meal a day. And most of the times we went without having any meals. We slept every single day, wiping each one of our tears and just hoping that something good would arise the next morning. It was so very common and routine in my life that I seen my mother getting beaten up every single night and it, it was just like a routine, routine thing that happened. The next morning we would get up, dad was smiling, he was talking so lovingly, we went, sold vegetables, we came back. But every night it was just the same. It was one school that came forward and helped me go get into a school. I started studying and I was doing good. And when I was doing my fourth grade, it was one summer vacation where I was just playing in the ground. It was one sunny day. All my friends were around. We were just playing marbles. And my mom came shouting, someone help, someone help. I want someone to come over and help us. She was just screaming out of her loud voice. I didn't know why she was screaming because I've seen my mom getting beaten up every single day by my dad. But she never used to cry. She never used to call upon for any help. He used to silently get the beatings and go to sleep. But this afternoon was so unusual because she's shouting for help. I ran towards my house and I was just in for a shock when I seen my whole house was burning. My whole house was burning. I thought it was an accident that happened that my house was burning or I thought my mom was cooking something. But my dad just opened the door and he came out fully burnt. He was burning and he was in flames he was just rolling on the ground and asking for help. He was screeching out of pain. And he told, someone help me, someone help. And I just seen my dad die there in front of my eyes, fully burnt. I didn't know what to do. We just poured a bucket of water on him and the whole house was burning. We didn't have a fire engine because we stayed in a small village. We just had to do it manually. So we couldn't really save the house, not my dad. My dad was admitted in the hospital and he died after three days. And now we stand there next to the burnt house with just the clothes that we were wearing on that day. And now we didn't have a father who was the head of the family. We didn't have a house. We didn't have food. We didn't have clothes. We lost everything. We lost everything that we had. And the father, especially, whom we loved a lot, 
My mom with four children below the 14 years of age, she didn't know what to do. We didn't know where to go for help. We didn't have anyone. My neighbors couldn't help us because they were just poor like us and they couldn't really support us. I thought I need to go back selling vegetables. I thought I need to start selling vegetables for an earning. I, I had to quit my school. But it was then that the Compassion Project came forward with the help of the local church. They came forward and rebuilt my whole foundation, the foundation of my life. The first foundation that they built was the foundation of confidence. Compassion came forward and helped us rebuild the house. They put a temporary roofing. They gave us some food to eat. They gave us some clothes to wear. And the pastor especially, he came forward and he told my mom that not to worry about what had happened. He told, your earthly father has, is no more, but remember just one thing. There is Jesus Christ who would be your father forever. Be sure that he's not going to leave you for any, any reason. He's going to be with you forever. For us, coming from a Hindu background, we thought Jesus was just one of the gods. But those words really meant a lot for us. Because I knew that most of our neighbors came up and they were cursing my dad. They told, does he have brains to do such a things with kids around? And they were cursing him. We were not really happy because we loved our dad and we know that it's just because of the poverty that he committed suicide. But people were just cursing him and we really felt bad. We wanted some loving words and it was the pastor who came forward and gave those for us. It was compassion who provided me with the fees. And they told Satish, don't worry. You can become something great in the future. You can move on in life. So they started sponsoring my fees. And they did an incredible job by giving me the training, extracurricular activities, biblical stories. And I loved my compassion project. I went to school. I was a class stopper. I scored good marks at my schools. And I graduated from my high school with flying colors. From a boy who was just on the roads without anything today, he graduated from the high school. And that was the foundation that the compassion built, the confidence that reboosted in me. I was so proud when I actually went to school because I wore my first ever shoe when I was six and a half years old. All throughout that, I just went without shoes, without proper clothes. But compassion helped me to be a proper student with some education. The second foundation that the compassion built was my family. When my dad died, we were just scattered. We didn't know what to do next. My mom started working in a pickle factory. She walked six kilometers every day to work in a pickle factory. My brother quit his studies and he started working full time for us. My two sisters were working as housemaids when they were 10 years old. They went to work in the houses, washed vessels, came back, went to school, came back in the evening again, went to these houses and worked. This is how my family run. And compassion totally supported my education, my well-being. So one burden in the house was reduced. So my family were very happy. I went to Compassion Project and everything in me changed. I wore good clothes, neat. I never used to speak bad words. I used to relate to people very lovingly. And I used to pray in my house. My mother thought I was possessed. She told, why is this guy talking to himself? We were taught to pray like that, like this. Jesus Christ, give us food. And my mom thought this was weird because we are not used to talking to ourselves. And she thought he's possessed. And she came over to the project. She was thinking that the project is up to something and they're changing my child. And she came over to see what's happening in the project. 
she came and helped washing vessels, serving food at the project. And I don't know what happened. God spoke to her. She started coming to church. My two sisters started coming to church. And after a few years, they accepted Christ. It was only my brother who told that there is no God at all. But we were just praying for him. And last year, he accepted Christ. My mother, my two sisters, and my brother are all baptized. And they come to church regularly with me. I got baptized in 2007. And now I can proudly say that my whole family is possessed. It's not only me. I praise God for it because... Because I know when my dad died, I didn't have anything. No hopes at all. I thought, God, what's happening? I pray to every single God and and I thought, let me try Jesus once. That is how I, I accepted Christ. I thought... Okay, let me try this Jesus, what my compassion staff told. Because they were so loving to me, they gave me food. Sometimes it's actually legal. It's in the program that they give one bun to every child. But when I was hungry, they gave me two. And I was even more hungry, they gave me three. They didn't really go with the rules. They told, you're hungry, you can eat how much ever you want to. That is the love they showed towards me. So I would do anything what they say. They say, pray to Jesus. And I said, okay, let me try Jesus. And I prayed to him for small prayers. I told, Jesus, I want a pencil. I don't have a pencil to write. Can you give me a new pencil? And by some or the other means, I got a new pencil. And that is how I started believing in Jesus. That is how my faith grew. It took me a long time to accept Jesus as my personal savior. It took me about eight, seven, seven years to really come to a point where I would say, Jesus is the only God. And I praise God today, I'm a Christian And I believe in Jesus and I have a personal relationship with him. Not only me, but my whole entire family. And they all are married to a Christian man and woman and they have children and they are happy today. So the second biggest foundation the compassion built was my family. They put together my family and we are now in Christ, worshiping him together. And the third foundation that the compassion built was my hope. The greatest of it. When my dad died, I was just next to this burnt house. This was the feeling that was going in me. And I thought, what's happening next? What am I going to do? I wanted to become a doctor when I was young. But when my dad died, everything just broke. I thought, I'm not going to do it. I cannot become a doctor. I was just on the roads, crying every single day, not able to share anything. I desperately longed for love. As the youngest six, seven years old. I wanted someone to come up to me and say, I love you. Don't worry. But I was just all alone. I know that my mother loved me a lot. My brothers and sisters loved me a lot. But they couldn't really express their love for me because they were so engrossed in earning for the family, going to work, coming back, looking after the family. I really wanted that love. I wanted someone to express their love for me. It was my sponsors who did that. My compassion sponsors who wrote letters to me regularly. They told Satish, I love you. Satish, I care for you. Satish, Jesus is always there for you. Don't worry, we are here praying for you. And they told that they have a photo of mine on their fridge, refrigerator. And they told, we put it there because we use the refrigerator every single day and we want to look at you and pray for you every day. That really changed the perception of how I thought my sponsor would be. Because I don't have a photo of mine in my house. I don't have a photo. But it's so weird to listen to someone from a different country having my photo on their fridge. It makes me feel good. And their loving words through the letters were so encouraging. 
my hopes started building. I went to Compassion Project, studied hard, worked harder every single day, and excelled in studies. I went to university with help of Compassion. I have a sponsor in Tennessee, and I have a sponsor from New York who supported my university. And today, I'm standing here in front of you all having a degree in business management. I graduated in 2011, and I have my own company. It's an event management company that I have, and I have six staffs working for me. I'm 24 years of age, and God has done all these things through compassion. I worked for IBM as a business analyst. I went back to my project for a year, committed to being with them because of all that they have done for me. I went there and I was with children, counseling them, motivating them, and telling them not to worry about the future. Because here is our great God, who was greater than everything else, who was there with you. Don't worry. Most of my friends have single parents. And they are worried about their future. I was there at my project to just tell them that not to worry about anything. Everything else is in the hands of God. And I just encouraged them always to use this platform that compassion has given us. To perform, to achieve our goals. I had the opportunity to be in Australia for a guy from the roads who didn't have a meal to eat was in Australia in 2011. Proclaiming what God has done in his life. And I'm here today in U.S., a place where it's totally different from where I come from, and addressing all of you all, it, it really feels proud. Because last week, two weeks ago, I met the country director of India. He just came forward and hugged me, and he told Satish, I'm so proud of you. I don't know what makes him tell that, but I never really had anyone coming up to me and telling that I feel proud of you. Because I come from a community where people are least bothered about children. They don't even care if you really exist. If I disappear from the community, they won't even bother to find out where Satish was. But it was so good for my director, country director, to come up and say he feels proud of me. It really adds up to the hope that I really wanted when I was young. And today I feel so proud to be in front of you all and glorifying God for what he's done in my life. And I'm engaged... I got engaged just a week before I could come to U.S. And my fiancé was also a sponsored child from another project in Bangalore. So we got along and we met and our parents arranged this for us. It was a love marriage, but arranged by my parents. So this time I have a wonderful verse from the Bible that I would want to share with you all. It is a verse that is very close to my heart. It's from Isaiah 61, 3 and 4. It says, Provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord, for the display of his splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. I would say compassion was one who rebuilt my foundations, my ruined life. Compassion came forward to rebuild my confidence, rebuild my family, and rebuild my hope. And today, each one of you will have an opportunity to rebuild the foundations in a child. Will you sponsor a child today?
Thank you all so much. Lots of moving parts today. As I get to sit with these two great folks. Is that not awesome to hear Satish? I keep wanting to say Pastor Satish. <laughs> there we go. You have a new title today. As you see, here's something I want you to know, Satish. It was awesome for your country director from India to say that he's proud of you. But I want you to look out here. This is just the first of three services. EBC, are you proud of, e of Satish? Thank you. Thank you so much. You know, it's an incredible blessing. Until a week ago, as Pam has been leading and Pam Howell has coordinated our effort for uh, Compassion International for the last several years. And uh, she made a call to their head office. And uh, we didn't think that we would be able to have uh, Satish here. And uh, just by an act of God, he got here. Even in his plane arrival yesterday, his plane was canceled. And they said that he would not have a flight until today. But God got you here, and we are so thankful. But, you know, we want to we just share today what it means to make a difference and what that's like. And I want to introduce you guys. This is Emily Hamilton. Go give Emily a EVC welcome this morning as well. By the way, Satish, I just want you to know that this audience clapped at least twice for you, and... Uh, they don't ever clap for Pastor Bart or myself. So uh, we need to know, we need to spend some time with you this afternoon. But I want to introduce Emily to you because Emily has a very unique story as well. Emily, now you're a graduate student right now. Where are you a graduate student at? Um, Texas Women's. Texas Women's. And what are, you, what are you getting your degree in right now? Kinesiology. All right. With the coaching emphasis. All right. And uh, where do you live at? Keller, Texas. All right. So she is right in our area. She is a graduate student right now. Now, I'm not going to tell you how many students and how many children she sponsors, but it's more than 10 and it's less than 50, all right, <laughs> that she sponsors individually as a graduate student. And Pam came across Emily and met her as they were working together at, a, at another church not too long ago. But we wanted you to meet Emily this morning and to hear a little bit of her story as well. Emily, how old were you when you first sponsored a Compassion Child? I was about 22. All right. And how old are you now? 26. 26. All right. And as you sponsored that, tell me, what was it about Compassion that you felt like this is something that God really wanted you to do? Um, we had a Compassion Week. I, was at a, I went to undergrad school at a small Christian college, and usually I wasn't really interested in chapel. I just never felt the spirit in there but for some reason this week i did that week i did and after the service i went outside to the compassion booth and i was just gonna look um i picked up a few packets and then i found my first sponsored child sandra she's from ghana um for whatever reason i couldn't put her packet down i tried to i tried to look at other ones it just didn't work <laughs> so i think that was my clue that um 
that was going to be my first sponsored child. She was seven year old, seven years old at the time, about a month shy of eight, and she will be eleven years old next month. Awesome. Well, now, when God kind of got a hold of you in, in Sandra's life, and, and as that began to work and begin to process out for you, why did you make that step to sponsoring several children? What was it? What was the reason behind that? I don't know. I just felt kind of called to look. So I went on the compassion website and I was, for some reason, God's given me a heart for Ghana. I don't know what that is, but I'm especially drawn to there for some reason. I actually hope to visit at some point. Um, and I found my second little girl, Christabel. She was three years old at the time. She's now almost five. Um, and it just kind of took off from there. And you saw more and more children and saw the difference that you were, you were making in their lives. I tell you what, one of the things that, that you have an opportunity to do as a compassion sponsor is to write your child and to also receive letters back from them so that this is a relationship. And that's the reason I'm so excited to see Satish here this morning because it's so rare for you to be able to see the impact that you've made in somebody's life. So often what God calls us to do is to be active in people's lives. And we don't always get to see the results. And this morning you got to see the results of not just what began in 1962 in one child's lives or one child's life. And it built and built until we see that today. We can, in all those numbers, lose the sight and the impact of one incredible life. And the impact that Satish is now making on several But that communication is important because you get to communicate with your child and they get to communicate with you. And Emily, I think you've chosen a particular communication from one of your children. Would you tell us about that? Tell us who it's from and then read it to us. This young man is from Thailand and he is 10 years old. His nickname is Kiwi because I can't actually pronounce his actual name. (laughs) It's kind of a long one. But he goes by Kiwi and um, he's a great kid. so here's a le- one of the letters he wrote to me. It says, Dear Emily, hello, and thank you very much for the letter that you ri- wrote to me again. Because, uh, because every time when I need your letter, I feel very close to you. I am fine. I go to school every day. Last term, I got fifth position in my class. I got wisdom from God. I did many things at the last vacation, such as sweep the floor, I go to the garden. I help my parents pick vegetables. His parents are farmers. Um, he likes to shoot birds and play with friends. <laughs> Typical boy. <laughs> and um, he likes to worship at the project. He likes to learn new songs always, and he memorizes lots of Bible verses. He, at this point, was learning about Noah, and he said he learned about that a long time ago, and he likes to watch a DVD about it. And... He talks about how he, li- he likes that story because Noah obeyed God and he saved him from the flood. Um, he actually lives at this kid. He actually lives at the project and like on summer vacation he goes home. So he's kind of boarding. He doesn't. He goes home like on breaks to see his family. So he says, "At my home on the mountains, I can see." I I wrote. We had a big. We had a rainbow here one day. So I wrote all the kids and told them about the rainbow, and related that to the flood and all that. Um. He said, because we live in a natural era, we can see lots of stars very clearly. Um, at the project, we can't see it, though, because it's in the city and there's too much electricity. He said, now the weather is getting cold, 
And I'm a substitute teacher on top of things. And so he said, you teach children every day, so you must get tired. He says, are the children very naughty? (laughs) Yes. And one of my friends saw that and goes, I wonder if the he's naughty at school every once in a while. (laughs) Um, He says, how many children are usually in each class and how do you go to your work? Do you walk or do you take the car? If you are free, please write to me again. May God bless you and give you the strength. Love always, Kiwi. You see, those are the kind of communication that you can have with your child. And the opportunity. Have you ever gotten to meet Satish? Have you ever gotten to meet your sponsors? Uh, No, I haven't. Uh, Throughout my schooling, I had one sponsor from Tennessee. And they wrote to me only twice. And I haven't seen them even on a photo till today. Wow. So the letter was. That's great. Well, and let me ask you this, Emily. As as you think about it, if there's somebody here and they're kind of on the fence, they hear the stories, they see a changed lie, and they're wondering, can they really do this? If they were on the fence, what would you say of all the things that you get to experience, what would you say to them about sponsoring a child? I would say go for it. Um, one of the things that I did, like, in college when it was difficult and hard for me is I actually – not that, I know this isn't an option for everybody, but I actually gave blood plasma. So I would get, like, 200 a month, and it actually almost completely covered – my sponsorship. So while I was in school, it helped ease that because any money I made, I was able to use for rent and all the other stuff. So I just, there's ways to find the little extra and give. And I don't know what I don't know what I would do without sponsoring now. In all honesty. So it would be safe to say that you gave your blood to sponsor children. I guess <laughs> in that case, wouldn't it? I guess so. <laughs> well, and Satish, let me ask you this: as We've already heard the incredible difference that sponsoring made in your life. Would you say to to our congregation, to the folks here, just what's the real difference uh, and what's been the opportunity for you to share in other people's lives and how have you been able to make an impact in other people? Yeah, once uh, I graduated from my Compassion Project, I was able to set up this company of mine. So I have these six graduates, former sponsored children from Compassion, who are working for me right now. So they are doing their internship in my company and so that they just get an exposure of how business looks like and how the communication works and things like that. So I'm just giving an exposure for them to come in and, and do an internship with my company, as well as uh, the project is just about... 0.3 miles from my house, very close to my house. So I go to my project at least four times a week, and I spend time with children, and I take classes for them every Fridays. So it's a time where I share my personal testimony as well as give them the same hope that I received when I was young. And just to tell them that not to give up on life because from the situation, from the background that we all come from, we, we easily give up on things. For any young, young children there, they actually don't have a goal. They just go by getting whatever they have on their way. It's like on a journey, you just collect whatever comes by your way. You don't have a, a goal set that you want to achieve. So I was just like that, a young child who had no goals, and I was just going around in this life, just getting whatever I got. But compassion defined my goals. They told me what my goals were to be and what it is supposed to look like 
when I was 30 years old, when I was 50 years old, how my, com- how my fa- family and my, how my life should look like. And that is how I built my, f- my life. I had those set goals and I started working towards it rather than having no goals at all. So I would say my sponsors and compassions have, have made a huge difference in modeling my life. And what I want you to see today is this. Do you see how it multiplies? You know, Jesus said, if you have the faith of what? A mustard seed. A small amount of faith. A small opportunity from us on this side of the world to say, we're going to see what God has given us and choose to bless others. And one small gift goes into a life. And that life is changed. And now you see that that life gives into other lives. And that life is marrying another life that has changed. And as their family grows, it is continually multiplying into the kingdom of God. That's what the kingdom of God is like, like that mustard seed that just continues to grow and to build. Both of you are making huge impacts in the kingdom of God. And you can be just like them. Would you pray with me today? I'm going to ask our ushers to come forward this morning. And I want you just to contemplate. We have specifically given you extra time in between the services today. The reason for that is that we would like for you to be able to visit either our table in the back and view the opportunity to sponsor a child or to go outside and actually talk with Satish or Emily or Pam and meet them and hear what God is doing and see the opportunity of an impact, impacted life. Let's pray today. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the faithfulness of Emily that speaks volumes into our lives, who sponsored so many children at the age of 26 because you called her to. You gave her this heart and you gave her this vision. I thank you for Satish, that we can see an impacted life and him making an impact in so many churches and places and telling his story, but also, Lord, in the business that you have given him, making an impact on other children and on other lives. It's beautiful to see your kingdom at work. Lord, I pray that as we give back to you this morning, that we would give with that kind of abandonment, with that kind of of heart, realizing that it's not our money, it's yours. So God, may you make an impact in each of us today. In Jesus' name, amen.